think it's stupid to have weapons stationed in Turkey. Um, because they're a NATO ally. They're fucking psychos. Yeah, they are. Who psychos. keep electing a fucking psycho. And, you know. Yeah, but we're fucking psychos to keep electing a fucking psycho, so. that Don't show your uh, is, imperialism, my friend. Not incorrect. <laughs> Erdogan, Erdogan is the lion of the Muslim world. And don't you dare yeah, say otherwise. <laughs> I bet he is. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. Uh, I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Matthias Brimmer. And Alex Savori. We're coming to you from the studios at The Fledge in Lansing, Michigan. As we tape this, it is Sunday, October 20th. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, what do we got on the docket tonight? Oh yeah, there's a, there was a debate uh, in Ohio amongst the Democratic candidates running for president. And uh, I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember all 500 of them. I, yeah, I don't remember a lot of it because I did drink a lot of bourbon. Well, Bernie fucking killed it. He kinda, he, he I do remember him doing did a great job. Go off. He, Kamala he did. did not kill it. Kamala did not go off. Yeah, that was the death nail for uh, Kamala she, Harris's uh, campaign. She went off on yeah. uh, kitchen tables. I remember she said kitchen table. Said the word kitchen table like two or three fucking times. Kitchen table <laughs> issues, like deleting the president's Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, she did say like you were talking about how she talks about kitchen tables a lot, and then. As he says that, she says kitchen tables, like, you know, people sitting at their kitchen tables. And then, like, a few seconds later, something about someone at their kitchen table. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's like that, uh, it's like that moment from 2016 where Marco Rubio couldn't stop saying the same phrase over and over again. Yeah. Like, even when called out upon it, like, that was, that was Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Um, fucking the taxes question. Yeah, that was not she a good look. She literally for said the same thing, thing over, over and, and over. over every time they asked. She was like, "Yeah, that wasn't a I, good look as well." Like when so a lot when you when you evade the question like that, so openly because like her point so her point is pretty salient. Like it's actually mm-hmm. true. Like you yeah. are gonna pay less and everything like that, but. Like when you just have that wishy washy look, it just it just makes you look like an asshole. Yeah, it's a, like standard politician kind of like, yeah. feel. Yeah, I saw Kyle Klinska on Rising kind of talking about how like you know even Bernie is kind of just not as savvy on this question as he should be. What he needs to and actually you actually heard that same argument in um, the rally. I'm sure that we'll be talking about later with the AOC endorsement by Michael Moore. Michael Moore said during uh, his speech he was like, you know what, you're already paying those taxes but we just don't call them taxes we call them your premium we call them your copay we call them your deductible mm-hmm. right yeah, that is a better way to talk and, and about that's it. and and that's how you talk about it when they ask you on the stage because what you get to say is no we're going to lower taxes because you're not going to be paying these private taxes these are taxes that private companies are levying upon you in order to live in our society that's a fucking tax let's call it out for what it is mm-hmm. but yeah elizabeth warren like our our son is going to die and explode before she admits that Medicare for all is going to raise taxes. Just fucking own it, Jesus Christ! Well, apparently now she's devising a, a plan that's supposed to be released oh, in the next couple of days on how she's going to pay for Medicare for all so. without raising taxes. Without raising taxes, or I'm I'm guessing like taxes on you know people under a certain income threshold. Well, or I something. mean, yeah, no, she's 
she's got to not raise taxes because if she does, then, you know, she looks like the fucking idiot that she is making herself seem like. You think she introduces a bill or it's another medium post? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Definitely medium post. We're getting a link to the post. Um, She's going to send it out. Post away, Elizabeth. I'm kind of like, I, you know, like. Uh, I like the idea of, um, you know, Bernie being honest when it comes to Medicare for all and saying, you know, you're going to have to pay a little bit more in taxes, but you know, here are the benefits that you're going to get because for so long, uh, we've been underneath that, like mindset that taxes are, um, are, are just automatically bad, but that's not the truth. Yeah. Like the reality is, it's like how that money is spent really matters like you know yeah taxes are bad when spent on you know bullshit wars in the middle east and you know like giving tax cuts to billionaires and providing subsidies to oil companies and shit like that yeah taxes are bad when it's used for that but if it's used for the good of the people mm-hmm. it's just a nice collection of resources um you know that isn't gofundme well, i think it Most- just goes to show how fucking stupid the political media class thinks that we are like They're like, we can't say that we're going to raise taxes because these fucking morons uh, are going to hate us for it. Like, they're too dumb to understand, you know, what taxes can actually be used for. Well, you know, I think Marianne Williamson said something that has been, like, repeating over and over in my brain um, when she had her moment, um, which is that, like, we have a bunch of people who are operating in a 20th century system in a world that is now distinctly separate, a 21st century world. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is totally true. And, and you know, this is a fabulous example because it's like, oh, well, taxes are bad. You can't say anything about taxes, like, what, since Reagan or whatever? Yeah, like, between Reagan and uh, uh, Grover and Norquist, they kind of just, like, ruined the entire, like, tax argument just by... yeah. You know, I will not raise taxes. I and, will not raise taxes. And probably Goldwater, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of always been like the, the rights kind of uh, thing is, you know, benefit uh, the corporate class. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I mean, for you, you've you never really gotten anything back for your taxes up until the New Deal. Like almost yeah. throughout like our whole like uh, uh, political history. Like a fire department. Right. It's kind of just it's kind of just been this. Ima- and a police force to attack you if you try to make a union. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, those are those are the type of things, you know, like those are the structures that, you know, early capitalist America was building. It wasn't like, you know, building, um, you know, structures where like your taxes were coming back to you in like beneficial ways. It wasn't like I mean, yeah, you did have like a universal school system. I think that was uh, Woodrow Wilson. Who did that? Um, not a great guy, if you guys uh, remember, though. <laughs> no. uh, have any of our presidents been great guys, Alex? <laughs> I mean, I'm not really. Not really any of them. Uh, I guess FDR was sort of okay in some areas, but also just very terrible in others. Uh-huh. Japanese internment is probably the biggest uh, thing there. And, you know, like the... Um, uh, exclusions was, of the African Americans in the of the in the uh, in the New Deal. Mm-hmm. So he was probably the best president that we have ever had. I've been thinking about it. I think he is probably the best. Yeah, which is a sad state of affairs. I mean, yeah. obviously different times, but yeah. a sad state of affairs nonetheless. Yeah, 
I mean, there were people at the time that were fighting on the right side, and I think Wait, his uh, vice president, yeah, uh, his Henry vice president Wallace. was amazing, when and his too. secretary, he was his secretary of agriculture, mm-hmm, and he implemented a lot of reforms. Um, but uh, what you guys think? I heard my I th- dad was named after Henry Wallace. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's quite cool. Um, I guess <laughs> um, better than George Wallace. Uh, <laughs> we love a Tom Steyer spent uh, forty. What is it? Forty six, forty seven million dollars. To, Tom Steyer. Oh yeah. Spent uh, forty six, forty seven million dollars to uh, get on that stage. So it was roughly about uh, six to seven million dollars per minute that he spoke. Um, yeah, that money's not well spent, but at least he fucking did the right thing there and was like, yeah, Bernie's right. There shouldn't be any billionaires. That was amazing, wasn't that it? That was good. Yeah, that I was, was pretty good. surprised that by that. That goddamn good. <laughs> like the, 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 I hate it when... I hate how many good points were made by idiots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It really <laughs> sucks when... It's like that Onion article. The qu- the, Bad like, news. The worst person you know made a good point. <laughs> <laughs> the questions up there were like totally awful too. Like, um, the Ellen question like made me oh, made my head explode. Oh, like God. we got an Ellen question and not a fucking climate change question. Got by the yeah. way, guys. Well, the last question, we, like when they were doing this the closing statements, is like, what's a friendship that you've had that would surprise people or some shit like that? <laughs> yeah, and what that does, was so fucking awful. And what does Bernie do with that stupid fucking question? He goes like, hey. Yeah, uh, I opposed the war in Yemen with Mike Lee. I, and, and we I was also like, he also brought up his uh, work John with John McCain because like the as, veterans bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. like like we were they I were really doing that he was going to say Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> well, they well, when they were doing that question, he gave like, me a sword. We were getting up to for, Bernie. Yeah, I was like working veterans. I was like right. fuck. He's he's going to say John McCain. Fuck. He's going to say John he, McCain. I'm like what was it like yeah. Joe or someone was like no, he's not going to do that. I'm like he's going to fucking do it. Yeah, and he did it. I was yeah. so. <laughs> I was pretty disappointed by that. Well, you know, he's still a fucking... I mean, at this point... He didn't take the question seriously. He kind of was just saying, oh, I worked with these guys. He wasn't saying, like... Yeah, I think that John McCain is also, like, just kind of a signifier at this point. Mm -hmm. He's definitely the easiest... I feel like he's the easiest guy to say, like, I, you know... Worked with this guy because one, he's gone. And, yeah, no like, one can't rebut you. Yeah, no it, one remembers anything about him except for that he stood up to Trump. Yeah, you know that's all that they remember, so, and so he's you know the maverick. Yeah, those points with the liberals with that question. Yeah, they forget sure. that he opposed Martin Luther King Day and stuff like Way that. Way better answer than Trey fucking Gowdy. Uh, you guys, you guys remember that? Tulsi, say, yeah. Uh, I was <laughs> Tulsi like, had a lot of interesting points. Like, like when what? she was like talking, like when Tulsi she was talking. Kinda- First of all, like even mentioning like a late term abortion ban is just kind of just so stupid to begin with because it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't like, happen and just opens the door for it. Just doesn't uh, happen unless like a attacks. woman's life is in, or the baby's life is in danger. It just like does not happen. And like so, so when she does that, like that's like uh incredibly stupid but she did have a very uh brave uh answer though and she is getting pilloried for it on uh the syria question she actually was 100 percent right like it is like the whole reason why we're there was never to protect the kurds in the first place it's all been our uh policy of regime change in the area we've ne- he, she said look at the past we've uh betrayed the kurds before 
I, and then she was like, hey, you guys calling me an Assad, uh, uh, or Assad apologist and a yeah. Putin, uh, asset? Like, that's just like incredibly shameful. And then, <laughs> and then Hillary Clinton comes in the scene. She walks in <laughs> with her tweet about, uh, <laughs> What did Hillary? I haven't seen the Hillary Clinton tweet. I saw the response, which was Hillary, so delightful. Well, no, 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 no. She didn't tweet. Actually, I think she like was. Talking, it was in an interview. In an interview, yeah, she was like, Jill Stein was a Putin asset, and now Tulsi Gabbard is being being groomed to run third party. Oh my god! Which like Tulsi was just like, "Hello, Hillary Clinton. I've waited for, I've waited so long for you to come out of the shadows. <laughs> I use like you." <laughs> a speech from Star Wars. Yeah. No, but honestly, like, I mean, um, Tulsi definitely is getting kind of, kind of unfairly treated. I mean, she's not a perfect candidate, of course. Like, yeah. I'm supporting Bernie Sanders. I think that a lot of the support for her is kind of weird, but she is kind of right on like uh, a lot of the foreign policy stuff as well. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like she's like, you know, going in like some kind of manic state kind of, I feel, I feel bad cause she, it's almost like media induced and like politically induced like mania and you know, like she's just that, that response on Twitter is kind of like exhibit uh, a of that. <laughs> yeah. It kind of, I mean, I don't like disagree with what she said, but it did kind of come across as a fucking meltdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great look. I mean, I don't know. I, I if I'm being honest, like, like I meltdown. do not, um, I don't care. <laughs> no, I really just don't. It like, was I a just lot of fun to talk care. about, but yeah, it's really like not like I, that important. I mean, my biggest issue with it is like, can, can, can Hillary just go away, please? I can't help but just think go that. go away. I can't help but think that honestly it's a distraction because I don't know if you guys saw this, like a few days prior to this, um, Ronan Farrow came out with a, uh, his book talking about uh, how the Hillary yes. Clinton campaign tried to um, bury the Harvey uh, Weinstein story. Um, huh. So, and, and, you know, there's some pretty terrible quotes in there, you know. Um, so I can't help but think cool. that this is like a way to uh, kind of uh, gin up some alternatives in the, you know, when you go to Google Hillary Clinton, this comes up now yeah. as opposed to that. Right. So. Well, getting back to the debate real quick, do you uh, did you guys notice how much fucking like troop pumping Beto was doing? Like he invoked the troops like four or five fucking times. I actually didn't notice that. I think he yeah. said troops in Spanish once. <laughs> Beto Beto was definitely like flailing all around. Like, please notice me. He was like, please, just like, and he just kind of did really awful as well. Yeah. Kind of the same with Kamala. Uh, I they. They, I don't even want to talk. I want to talk more about just like how Kamala uh, thought that. What did Kamala think she was doing when she was going after Elizabeth Warren about the Twitter stuff? I don't know. She, I think she thought that was going to land uh, much harder. Than what it did. was going through her head? Like, oh my, that's unbelievable. That's what happens when you hire Hillary Clinton consultants. It, it's unpresidential, Alex. It's unpresidential. It's unpresidential. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, just like it, 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 it all it got her was just ridicule. Striking in just, elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> all it, I mean, like, what you're going to deactivate the president of the United States' Twitter account? 
Like really? Like a child being put in timeout. And she and, and 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 she didn't even like articulate the point she was trying to make. Well, she like goes and says, "Oh, we have like a two tier justice system, right?" Which is which is like insane. Which is like it's insane. Like this this the same woman who like put like uh, uh, single mothers in jail for truant children. This same woman um, basically is like, "Yeah, we have two tier justice system for like different people." And why is it? That you won't uh, join me in complaining about how Trump violates terms of service. <laughs> she couldn't even articulate that. I didn't hear her say term of service once. Or prosecute Steve Mnuchin, but yeah, know. she didn't prosecute Steve Mnuchin. Like that's yeah, and maybe maybe if we didn't have that two tier justice system we're talking about, we wouldn't have Steve Mnuchin in the fucking White House. We'd have him in fucking jail. Maybe maybe how about that, Kamala? Yeah, just that this idea of like these symbolic gestures like meaning so much more than they do and like actually having a real impact in people's lives like do people not like trump on twitter probably is that like the most pressing issue of their day no like it just it was it, it fell flat if anything that's like a gift to republicans like why would you take him off twitter so i gotta here's a here's a question though um so after the debate uh who's the worst candidate pete Buttigieg or joe biden does it change? Oh. Any of you guys' minds change because of the debate? Because I've seen there was this was a this was a hot debate, you know, because a lot of people are, are are switching their least favorite candidate from Joe Biden, uh, who didn't have a meltdown during the the um, debate. I mean, he got owned a couple times, but he didn't have a like uh, brain malfunction on stage. But what what did uh, Pete Buttigieg do? I mean, uh, a lot of people were just saying like that he was a normal, smug. annoying little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he was smug. that. He's smug as no, hell. Pete, I can't stand him. Pete was actually one of the main storylines coming out of the debate because we saw the mean Pete. Yeah, we saw mean Pete, Pete. as uh, Van Jones likes to call him, Pistol Pete. <laughs> so and that dude, that guy comes off as like so just. I I can't see how anybody thinks he's. Oh, he's likeable. done like a complete like one eighty in terms of like policy and like oh yeah is like what he supports and stuff like that and like he's pretty much a southern democrat like uh, like the idea of like oh you know I'm I'm religious and I believe in God but I think the right things too <laughs> and I'm a democrat well, yeah I mean, and I'm gay <laughs> <laughs> well there was a there was a tweet from last year that just resurfaced. Uh, where Pete Buttigieg sort of, I guess, voiced support for Medicare for All. <laughs> um, I guess the People's Summit Twitter, like, uh, was asking if he, uh, like, they got into like an argument with him, I guess, uh, where where they asked him like if he supported Medicare for All. Wasn't and this like February? This was February of 2018. Yeah, yeah. so this is like a Twitter uh, argument between like a NGO and uh, Pete Buttigieg. Or <laughs> yeah, the people's the people summit. This oh, is, this is incredible. And Go on. And he says, "Great." And I quote this: "I'm not making this up." He says, "Gosh, okay, I, Pete Buttigieg, politician, do henceforth and forthwith declare most affirmatively and indubitably unto the ages that I do favor Medicare for all, as I do favor any measure that would help get all Americans covered. Wah, now, if you'll excuse wah, me, potholes." Await. One. What a giant fucking asshole. <laughs> to the ages. Ages meaning nine months. <laughs> as soon as I'm elected president, we will have a completely different discussion. 
I thought that was satire. Like when I read it, yeah, I was like, no, somebody, somebody fucking. I thought it was like a doctored tweet or something. Oh, like yeah. just completely fabricated. And then like um, someone asked for the actual tweet. And I was like, wait, is this is this real? So I like I Googled it. I'm like, holy shit, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the receipts, Pete. Sorry. But no, yeah, like in a in like a uh you know, large field like that, I think it's like general knowledge that you don't go negative. You don't go negative like a whole lot. You're not supposed to when they're like the field is so big because it just turns people off to you subliminally or subliminally. And just um yeah, I mean like I he definitely saw himself going in that progressive lane at first. I think trying to capitalize on um younger voters, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, but what he saw was okay, I'm not attracting younger voters. In fact, the largest uh base of his support are people in the oldest age range. Boomers, dude. It's boomers <laughs> who CP like they want their millennial grandkids to be. Exactly. Like every boomer dream of a millennial is Pete personified mm. like gay you know. but normal <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay so yeah like um i mean elizabeth warren definitely was taken like a lot of incoming from the other candidates yeah she took the most uh attacks uh, i can't remember like who broke it down but it was like 14 or 16 attacks yeah and i don't think that she did a very great job like uh, i don't think she did a great job i don't think she did a terrible yeah job. i mean all the attacks she's are still above water awful. yeah right. she's still above water for sure after that debate she didn't take on any water definitely but like you look at bernie right and he just assuages any concerns of like his health with that debate he just like seemed very like fiery his synapses were we're firing he, every. He went he after talk, Biden. No, yeah, that he was pretty himself. I think like he's like, wait, yeah. you're talking about your accomplishments and no things those, you got done. And okay. those are like literally the only things you can go negative on. And I think the Donald Trump campaign like literally proved that. Right, you can easily say. Like you supported the Iraq war and you supported uh, NAFTA and TPP and all that stuff. And people will not be like, oh, that's because it's like, not like negative. personal. It's right. not like uh, exactly. You know, you're not going to get the same backlash. That It's not uh, the same as Pete Buttigieg going, oh, you guys are lying and being dishonest about Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. We, like, yeah, we don't want we we just can't do it. Like that's t- like people see right through that. And, you know, like they know that, you know, a NAFTA and the Iraq war were disastrous. And there's no denying that. One of the uh, media developments that I noticed, like after the debate that I thought was kind of interesting is that uh, they were saying because, um, you know, Biden's kind of on the decline where are his supporters going to go and there's a lot of people yeah. making the argument that uh pete Buttigieg is trying to fill fill that void and you know like they were just talking about it as if like you know like pete's kind of uh being more moderate and biden's kind of moderate so it's like a perfect fit without like yeah, realizing so- that that it doesn't like there's no there's no way that biden support who's like majority african-american is going to go to Pete Buttigieg. It's just not. Yeah. Like, if Pete is Buttigieg still, starts to rise... Is he still pulling at zero with black voters? Yeah, I mean, it's, like, not, like maybe one... Like, it's always, like, I'm really, not trying really to get low. your vote. Yeah, he's not yeah. trying. It he's went not to trying. 100%. I'm not asking for your vote. <laughs> yeah, it increased 100%. <laughs> now he only has black supporters. <laughs> okay, so, um, go, going back to Biden a little bit, yeah, because you want to know what, like, that's kind of Pete Buttigieg's uh, strategy now. He's like, alright, I'm going to try and overtake this Biden 
Jason Lane. Yeah, him and Amy, I think that's what they were trying to... Oh, my God, Amy. Oh, Amy. Amy (laughs) Amy was pissed. Oh, dude, her one-liners. God damn it, those things were so awful. She was going in on, like... uh, Nothing can top that, the house divided thing from the other one. She was having a lot of fun just attacking Elizabeth Uh, Warren, the other woman up on the stage. No woman unity there. Um, Anyways. (laughs) Good call, Alex. Um, Anyways. Uh, no, but yeah, like Biden. Like so, back to like uh, when um, they asked Bernie about like uh, billionaires. Like he knocks it out of the park, just like every other time he spoke. Then they go to uh, Tom Steyer, who's like, "Yeah, Bernie's right. We shouldn't have any billionaires." And then we go to Joe Biden, who goes. <laughs> I'll eliminate the capital gains tax. <laughs> he, he corrected himself. He caught himself. He was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. I'm not in the Goldman Sachs. Uh, I'm not at the Goldman Sachs dinner. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. That was, that was so awesome. Like, I'm going to eliminate the capital gains tax. I mean, I mean like, raise the capital bro, gains tax. Eliminate, loud. Uh, raise <laughs> the capital gains That's what? literally, that's what he believes, though. And I'm so, that was like, oh, uh, that was amazing. He just just goes to show how fucking brain dead he is. Freudian slip. <laughs> exactly. I'm not gonna lie though. Like every time in the debate, when somebody was like, "Bernie Sanders is right," and they said exactly. it a lot, like a lot. There was, just, I mean, you know, it's because he is. But well, let's get into some other Bernie news. So after the debate ended, uh, Bernie uh, got some pretty killer endorsements. Yeah, uh, pretty much took off. Like it happened like pretty much immediately after yeah. the debate, and you it, it, you could tell it just like everything that happened in the debate was like oh, old news, mm-hmm. just like instantly like pushed away. Which like you know, which was yeah. still a good debate for Bernie, so it didn't matter. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the first one officially came the day after, I believe, from Representative Ilhan Omar. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, AOC endorsed him as well at his rally that he had yesterday mm-hmm. in Queens. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty fucking sick. Hashtag Bernie. Hashtag Bernie's back, baby. That's yeah. right. That's right. I was just, uh, I, I was watching uh, part of the rally uh, uh, yesterday and goddamn, dude, the, 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 the song he came out to, like on stage. Back fucking perfect i could not have picked a better song especially since one of the lyrics in the song is forget the hearse because i never die (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's i think it's um safe to say that this is bernie in his most ultimate and powerful form (laughs) and that he's going to win the nomination i mean that's that's what he said in his speech he's like i have never been more ready to take on you know the political and economic establishment or whatever you know yeah it was just like the most like wholesome great rally and it couldn't have come at like a more perfect time to be honest and you know i've been uh i've been i think one of the one of the greatest parts of it so far has been uh like um really highlighting the difference between um like this like trash use of identity politics and like real feminism and like what it means to like like, you know, you have people like trying to control the agency of AOC, calling her naive and, and calling her all of these, uh, white feminist donut Twitter had a fucking meltdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was, they, that was so much fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. 
like the like that tweet that was like uh white liberals is like listen to women of color and then then like AOC and Ilana Mar endorses Bernie. No, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, um this I mean, this is like actually a big deal. Like, you know, it's very clear that AOC, Ilan Omar, and I think Rashida Tlaib is going to uh, announce her um, endorsement sometime this week. Oh, is that confirmed? I believe so. Because yes. like it was initially reported that uh, that Rashida Tlaib, AOC, and Ilan Omar were all going to endorse. Um, and then it came out that only Ilan Omar and AOC had been confirmed that they were going to be doing that. And like Rashida's like meeting with Bernie to talk to him about it. Right. I think they're probably going to do it um, in Michigan. So. Yeah, well, because in, in, you know, and I think this is really good on uh, Rashida for this because, um, you know, she she's using this endorsement to bring presidential candidates because uh, Elizabeth Warren had um, came and visited the district um, not too long ago as well. Was that and, for the UAW picket? Uh, yeah, but then her and Rashida um, um, went out together and like looked at like the Marathon Factory. and Yeah, Liz Warren has been um, courting these endorsements oh, big yeah, time. Oh, yeah, You know, like for, you know, uh, it to come out, you know, that AOC is doing this. And it came out, and there's a political story that um, AOC called to inform Bernie that she was going to endorse him while he was still in the hospital. Yeah. That's which... that's incredible. It kind of, you know, it kind of assuages, um, you know, those concerns uh, from kind of people on the left that AOC is an opportunist. Now she's like in the government. No, mm-hmm. he's not like a part of the movie. Yeah, so this much. is like the. I mean, if 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 uh, political expediency is what was driving her decision, she would not have made this decision at this time when she did. Um, but this is for the movement. But and yeah, this, this is, was that was a, that was a movement decision for and, sure. And no, but I mean, um, probably uh, the most important like i thought her speech was actually kind of underwhelming you know i thought that uh she i think she was probably a little nervous i think this is probably I her thought biggest. It was very moving personally yeah. i mean it was it was good i liked the idea uh i don't know if you uh, uh watched like the entire rally but the the idea that when uh, tiffany caban who ran for district attorney out in new york and uh narrowly lost but it was like within like recount and there was like was several mm-hmm. court cases and whatnot um when she gave her speech she was talking about how uh her decision to to run was inspired um, by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And then like immediately after that, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gets on stage and then she talks about how her inspiration to run was Bernie Sanders. So you can see this like multi-tier effect of inspiration in the movement that's inspiring yeah. people to take up the challenge of, of, you know, fighting for working class people. It was, don't get me wrong, it was a good speech. I just like was hoping for like, you know, something like amazing and epic kind of. The most epic moment was Bernie's closing statement. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. I want you all to take a look around and find someone you don't know. Maybe somebody who doesn't look kind of like you. Maybe somebody who might be of a different religion than you. Maybe they come from a different country. My question now to you is, are you willing to fight for that person who you don't even know as much as you're willing to fight for yourself? Are you willing to stand together 
and fight for those people who are struggling economically in this country. Are you willing to fight for young people drowning in student debt, even if you are not? Are you willing to fight to ensure that every American has health care as a human right, even if you have good health care? Are you willing to fight for frightened immigrant neighbors, even if you are native-born? Are you willing to fight for a future for generations of people who have not yet even been born, but are entitled to live on a planet that is healthy and habitable? Because if you are willing to do that, if you are willing to love, if you are willing to fight for a government of compassion and justice and decency, if you are willing to stand up to Trump's desire to divide us up, if you are prepared to stand up to the greed and corruption of the corporate elite, if you and millions of others are prepared to do that, there is no doubt in my mind that not only will we win this election, but together we will transform this country. Thank you all very much. That was like just pure solidarity, pure movement politics. Like I, I think that was probably the the greatest single moment of the entire campaign season. And honestly, I think it eclipses almost everything he did in 2016 as well. What I think is probably uh, the most interesting thing that uh, AOC said was when um, she's like, yeah, you know, my time in Congress so far, like, just makes me so incredibly impressed with how, like, consistent Bernie Sanders has been. I kind of want to do want to listen to that. Maybe put it in. I think it's actually like amazing. I can tell you the halls of Congress are no joke. It is no joke to stand up to corporate power and established interests. It is no joke. It's not just about standing up and saying these things, but behind closed doors, your arm is twisted. The vice pressure of political pressure gets put on you. And every trick in the book, psychological, and otherwise is used to get us to abandon the working class. And it is in, and it has been in that experience over the last nine months that I have grown to appreciate the enormous, consistent, and nonstop advocacy of Senator Bernie Sanders. Yeah, so like with with that like, you know, statement, she kind of goes, yeah, this shit has been really fucking hard. And I don't think she's ever kind of made a statement like this before mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, um they're trying to make me abandon the movement. 
you know, they're, they're, they're trying their hardest to, you know, make us kneel and we're not going to kneel. And that's why I'm endorsing Bernie Sanders. And like that, that along with, you know, like, you know, her choosing to endorse him and the hospital on, on the hospital bed still like that is, that just goes to show that, you know, like we, like she's, we sometimes you know we disagree with her, but you know she is part of our movement. She's the leader of this movement, and uh, she's doing a pretty fantastic job with it so far. Yeah, up until the endorsement happened, I, I hadn't really thought about her endorsing him for a while. But I remember a few months back thinking, if she if she doesn't do it, like what the what the fuck is the point? Right. Like of her even getting into office. No, like Bernie. Bernie's like the OG, and he's the guy who can like become president. But like AOC definitely is like the future, and you know, like that endorsement is huge. Yeah, and that endorsement is important, and it's historically consistent. And uh, you know, it, it, we now have like a coherent like left electoral movement in the United States. That's heavily built by the working class. And the working families party has egg on their face. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One of the other things that came out um, kind of overlapping with this is uh, more details on the um, Q3 numbers uh, so far. And so uh, one of the things they measured was uh, working class support for Bernie Sanders um, uh, in terms of money raised from various occupations uh, and compared to what Warren has raised, um, which is, is... pretty uh stark so uh teachers um bernie raised twice as much money from teachers as uh warren um he raised twice as much from administrative assistants three times as much from nurses three times as much from construction workers three times as much from retail workers six times as much from truckers uh seven times as much from electricians and eight times as much as servers um so like just overwhelmingly working class like Mm -hmm. Um, to likes of which we've never really seen before and in multiracial as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I feel like, um, the most diverse, he has the most diverse. Yeah. Coalition. I was like extremely pleased with, uh, the fact that there were multiple like black lives matter chants. Like there were like, it, it there was, there was a big focus on a lot of these, um, things that don't normally, and, and, and also just like, like, completely contrast with that argument that's pushed by the mainstream media. That, yeah. You know, this is a, a, a movement of white Bernie bros and it just couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. And like what you, what you said earlier, like this was the largest crowd that um, any Democratic candidate has had so far. Yeah, it was confirmed attendance of at least like twenty five thousand. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there. I think some estimates are like twenty six thousand. It was so there was so much people there. That they um, couldn't let everyone in. No, yeah. there was an overflow. There was yeah. like a, across the street people, and it was all like also just like a big. It was like a rally that like other candidates have just like across the street. Mm-hmm. And um, just imagine like it when Bernie Sanders gets the nomination. Not if when when Bernie Sanders gets the nomination, and there aren't any like other Democrats like taking up like his support, and you know everyone just coalesces around Bernie Sanders. Imagine how much bigger his rallies are going to be than the Trump rallies. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, Holy shit, they're man. going to be like way bigger. Well, I'm sure it's been pointed out before on this show, but Sanders is the only Democratic candidate that has more individual donors than Trump. Right, exactly. And he's the only candidate that can beat Trump. He beats Trump in Iowa. He beats Trump in Nevada. He beats Trump in New Mexico. That's true. He beats Trump in all of these places. So if you really, if the Democrats really want to win, there's no other choice than Bernie Sanders. And, um, you know, it's it's tough because uh or actually it's it's 
I'm actually really glad Michael Moore is, uh, you know, on the campaign trail now. He kind of did. You guys listen to him? Michael at all? Moore goes off. I Dude, love Michael Moore. He fucking went in. Just he rocks. Holy he, shit. He was. He did a great job at that rally uh, for like giving his endorsement speech. Just totally ripping the media. You want to know what's too old? Fucking copays. That's what's too old. You want to know what's too old? The war in Afghanistan. That's what's too old. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. some good shit. He also uh, on the night before he was on. Uh, MSNBC and like there was uh, one of the um, hosts was like pushing back on like you know like why would you endorse Bernie over Warren like you know like you know just trying to really like uh, grill him on that and then like he started going in on um, uh, like un- unions and Medicare for all and stuff like that like you know like uh, what would you say to uh, the union workers that uh, have uh, insurance and don't want to lose it and uh, one of the things that he snapped back with real quick, and he kind of looked out to like the camera crew, and he's like, "How many of all do you all have insurance?" That's right. This isn't a union place anymore. So he calls out MSNBC for not having unionized workers uh, on MSNBC wah, live, which wah, wah. I thought was pretty great. That's that's great. That is dope. Uh, did you get? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys uh, see what John King from CNN said about uh, the squad's endorsement of Bernie? Oh my God! Wait, I think it might wait, be, they wait, might be wait. too urban. Let me guess: Is it bad? Is it? Is this going to be a bad take? <laughs> he uh, he was he was he was wondering. He's curious as to whether this might be this look might be too urban for his campaign. <laughs> too urban. Too internet. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I don't even know what that like. AOC is really going to turn off all of his Bernie Bro support. They're all going to show up. They're all going to show up in like Virgil Abloh streetwear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's urban, folks. Yeah, urban. It's like uh, what city, buddy? That was uh there was there was uh, another take like you know like, like some people were like uh yeah but does does this help him with 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 working close class voters like in the Midwest and you know this was prior to knowing that uh, Rashida Tlaib wasn't uh, officially endorsed yet so um you have you know Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib who both represent millions of people in the Midwest that are working class and it's like if if you don't think that those people don't appeal to working class voters are you really just saying white voters because like. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Well, I mean, the other thing is that these are the same people who, you know, when they want to argue that Bernie's campaign is, you know, just like all white Bernie bros and like, you know, uh, latent racists, they're like, oh, well, you know, he, okay, so he appeals to, you know, like the working class voters in like, you know, the, the Rust Belt. But, you know, like these are like Trump's like racist base. And so, like, what, why do you want this candidate who's like appealing to the racists? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always back What's and forth. What's up with that? I was like, well, uh, geez, suddenly he can't appeal to them. No, and those same people are like kind of piggybacking off what you were saying earlier, Zach. Like, a lot of like their, uh, you know, um, criticism of AOC just comes off as super like misogynistic and racist. Oh, like, yeah. It's like taking agency away from these women and like thinking that like because they didn't make the choice that they believe that somehow, you know, she's not she's not smart enough. Yeah. From Twitter user, a female persuasion. Uh, she said um, AOC is no different than Ivanka in my eyes. Same daddy lust. 
<laughs> my god that's like, could you, so like, weird this there was a lot of oh just unhinged tweets yeah no I, like I wanted to get i wanted to get your guys's thoughts on this tweet that's from this very Freudian. this fucking blue check mark dipshit uh uh she says uh I find it fascinating that women of color overlook female and minority candidates to endorse a white guy. Is identity politics over? Is ide- is, is ideology more important than race than race and gender? Genuinely curious. I asked Bernie so. Sanders really at AOC so. at Elon Omar. That's you know what who solidarity that is? is? Jane Eisner. That's the that's the academic director for of, Columbia for Columbia School of Journalism, yeah. the Pulitzer School. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and we wonder why the media has such a hard problem myself. covering uh, people like Bernie Sanders. These people are just so out of touch; they just don't get it. Like they don't they don't understand at all. No, like I saw this um, Houston for Warren uh, account like reply to um, AOC's uh, tweet endorsing Bernie Sanders with like the video, like the Bernie Sanders endorsement video, and um, <laughs> Houston for Warren. Uh, tweeted in a reply disappointing abandoning woman and like all the replies were like uh how about not abandoning a woman who need medicare for all and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah. and well the just... tweet that i just read it's been deleted i had to read a screenshot <laughs> <laughs> right well that's the thing like i said that's like one of the great parts of this too is like now now people get to uh I mean, it allows for open and honest discussion on what feminism really means and how it goes beyond just like supporting, you know, people with, you know, the same reproductive parts as you really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw one donut who said that, um, AOC, Ilhan Omar and, uh, Rashida Tlaib were like endorsing Bernie to like defend themselves against accusations of anti-Semitism, just like Linda Sarsour does. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, you're a fucking Republican. Damn. You're a fucking Republican. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) They're they're on, like, they're they're playing seventh dimensional chess. Yeah, they're on some shit, for real. (laughs) They, they, they went on like those uh, executive uh, flights down to South America where they do ayahuasca, <laughs> and their third eye was opened, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like that's kind of that's where we're at right now. Just like just completely racist and misogynistic uh, kind of accusations like that from white feminists, and, and obviously, the- you know, he's courting them because you know. Jews are trying to. They're gonna have to kneel. Uh, you know, hey, but, it, it, but if Bernie America. Sanders is the candidate, you're gonna go, go uh, rally uh, around him, right? You don't want Trump, do you? Yeah, I, watch I those people. Watch that. those people. Like they're gonna like fuck it. Their heads are gonna explode if Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah. like, uh, uh, I am gonna love saying, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah, you're going to support the Democratic nominee, whoever it is. Whoever right? it is, right? You're going to support mm-hmm. him, right? You might, right? Matter, you know, no matter you who, might right? not agree with him on health care. <laughs> Sorry, he's going to give it to you. Suck it. <laughs> so, uh, like a week or two ago, uh, Trump wrote a letter to President of Turkey. Uh, that just oh that just God. got released, and uh, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> this man's this man's correspondences are. <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of people have already read it, but for those who haven't, I'm gonna, I'm going to read it right now. Oh, can I it's, try? It's yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Alex, because it's it, it's fucking great. 
Dear Mr. President, let's work out a good deal. <laughs> you don't want to be responsible for the slaughtering of thousands of people. And Wrong. I don't want to be responsible for destroying the Turkish economy. And I will. <laughs> awesome. I've, <laughs> I've already given you a little sample with respect to Pastor Brunson. <laughs> I have worked hard to solve some of your problems. Don't let the world down. <laughs> you can make a great deal. General Malzoum is willing to negotiate with you and is willing to make concessions <laughs> that they would never have made in the past. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm confidentially enclosing a copy of his letter just received. History will look upon you favorably if you do get this done in a right and humane way. It will look upon you forever as the devil if things don't go or uh, if good things don't happen. <laughs> oh my god. Don't be a tough guy. Don't be a fool. I'll call you later. Sincerely. President Donald Trump. Oh my God! This dude is. I'll just, call you he's later. He's such a badass. He's such a badass. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Don't be a tough guy. Don't be a fool. <laughs> um. Yeah. Apparently, the president uh, Erdogan just like threw it in the trash. Yeah, that's the right he was just like, "What is this? <laughs> this is this so, a joke?" <laughs> so I, I, I'm really curious about the, uh, you know, the logistics of sending someone a letter telling you, telling them that you're going to call them. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. Like, I love that too. Well, you can't, like, you can't look, print want, the legal stuff. I want you to tell. I want you to tell me immediately when you give it to him. Okay, and then I call two hours later. It's it's called reverse psychology. <laughs> no, it's uh, this is like I it's mean a business trick. <laughs> a out lot of the deal. I yeah, I put this in my book. Got us the an art of the deal. deal. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's not good deal. Not a good deal. Obviously, Trump is like you know handling the situation like a child, and it shows um, very well. <laughs> no, like I mean just. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's the right decision, uh, to pull out troops. Those troops are there illegally. Um, what legal authority are we, uh, there by? The UN Security Council didn't approve it. Um, uh, the government in Syria did not, uh, invite us over there. So, um, yes, like, you know, like, it's a good thing that, you know, we took those troops out. But, I mean, like, Turkey is a NATO ally and we should be able to, uh, you know, limit their, um, their behavior using like the might of you know the american uh capital and um military establishment and, yeah. but trump just is kind of really he's just kind of a baby and he doesn't really yeah. know how to stand up to these world leaders no that you know i feel like they have realized that if they flatter him in just like certain ways that he will just fucking give them whatever they want right and that's kind of what you know uh people like Mo uh modi netanyahu and erdogan have been doing oh, and i mean you got like donald trump literally inviting how him modi? he he invited turkey to like invade syria like what the fuck is that like i mean if i were the president i would have been like uh uh, I'm taking these troops out because they're illegal. And um, then I would have been like, well, you're not going to go into Turkey or else 
I'm gonna fuck you up. I'll drone strike right. the elementary school kid ghost. I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drone strike. I'll drone strike that elementary school that Erdogan's uh, kid goes to. Something like that. But yeah. God damn it. But yeah, like that's just that's yeah. just, and and here and I mean like for the, the the real reason those troops were there were to prevent um the Kurds from reaching a deal with uh the Syrian government and Bashar al-Assad. Uh I mean like whatever you like think about Assad, um he definitely treats like the Kurds a lot better than Turkey or like historically Iraq ever did. So uh, George aren't, they, aren't they brokering a deal or did they, they already have brokered yeah. a deal and nice. now they're now they're fighting off turkey and you want to like although like you know i'm i never want to see like you know people evacuating their homes and you know like you know like war and stuff like that but on the bright side um this actually does kind of give you like a light at the end of the tunnel for the end of the war because once they you know once america gets out and uh syria uh takes back that uh region and you know does work with the kurds then the only uh place that you know is held up by uh jihadis and like al qaeda is idlib and um turkey is basically supporting uh idlib and keeping it like under under control from uh, uh keeping it under control by al qaeda and we're also supporting that yeah. because we because we don't want to like we just don't want assad like ever to regain all of his uh territory back so um if you really want to stop the war, like, and you really want to end the bloodshed, you got to find diplomacy with, uh, you know, the people and the leaders of the region. And, uh, like, I just want to say also, like, it's childish to be like, oh, well, you know, if you do this, this helps Iran, this helps uh, Russia. Like, we're talking about human lives here, and this is a game that we started. If you're going to get mad that, you know, like, they're winning the game that we started by starting this regime change war in Syria... Like, that's just, you know, that's just imperial, like, uh, whining to me. Like, that's really all that is. We're, like, we're talking about human beings on the ground that want this war to end. And, um, you know, I think that uh, we have to, you know, really, like, I think um, last uh, week, you know, like, they're saying that, you know, like, northeastern uh, Turkey is like 100%, or northeastern Syria is like 100% Kurdish. Guess what? It's not. Um, it's, it's a region that's very diverse. There's uh, Yazidis, there's Assyrians, there's uh, Turkish people living in, uh, in northeast Syria. And, um, you know, like the Kurds, like, although, you know, like they were doing some really great, like anarcho-socialist stuff, they also have um, done like ethnic cleansing of some of these minorities so like that needs to be talked about um you know a lot of like the like the, the region's hard to understand but you know if you just do like little research on it try and get different perspectives you can sort of see that you know like the united states doesn't really care about like lives human lives on the ground all they care oh, never. about yeah. all they care about is uh accumulating um power in the region and mm -hmm. what we're seeing is just Repeated over and over and over again, losses. Um, there's plenty of proxy wars going on that I've talked about recently. We're talking like, like you know, I talked about like the proxy war in Yemen that the United States and its allies are using, losing. Now they're losing Syria. 
And, um, you know, now we're seeing giant protests in uh, Lebanon against uh, Prime Minister Hariri, who, if you guys don't remember, he was uh, kidnapped by Saudi Arabia, forced to resign on, on like live TV. And oh, then yeah. and then Saudi Arabia sent him back and told everybody to forget that that happened. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that like, actually, actually changed of plans. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like, like some like. Fucking ridiculous oh, movie shit. Like, <laughs> was that also after MBS took over? No, this is actually like a few years ago. Damn. Before that, that that sucks because it would have yeah, been. Maybe, a... No, maybe MBS. Maybe MBS didn't take over yet, but he was rising in power okay. at that point. God, that would be hilarious if he was the one who was like personally overseeing. That. I think he it's was. Like, the, oh, I think he was I the crown. Fucked this up too. I think he was the crown prince, but he didn't uh, consolidate his power yet. Can't even kill a journalist, right? <laughs> no, but yeah, like, um, the, the, that's kind of, you know, uh, the big thing about, like, uh, the war in Syria is that it's the most documented, uh, war in history, and almost all of it is, like, misinformation mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like really tough to like it's really tough to like go into the weeds and figure everything out i mean you can't be 100 percent on everything but uh if you think about things in a systems uh manner right it's a, you think about things a little bit more uh strategically then you kind of come to find out all right it's 2019 now i mean like do uh public opinion in syria and what they want and it's it's to end the war and it's it's not you know regime change so that's uh you know where we're at right now i hope that um i hope that uh this um stuff going on in the northeast uh is um i hope i hope you know it has uh, as little casualties as possible i it's terrible and i wish that uh we had somebody that was actually competent in diplomacy to stop it cuz like there are a lot of things you can do to turkey to make them stop, like being the United States. There is a lot of things that we could have done, and we just didn't do it, because we don't really care. Supposedly, you know? sanctions are being considered. That, I mean, dude, like, here's the thing. Sanctions are just, they just hurt the um, people. That's, like, almost, like, you can target sanctions for, like, one person, but almost always that's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, like, that's just, that just is not whatever happens. And, like, I, I mean, just, like, props that, like, I, I mentioned that Tulsi Gabbard answer. She said we need to stop, we need to end the sanctions in Syria as well. Because, really, what it does is it targets, like, the people of that country. Yeah, working class people. Working that's, like, class when people, people uh, were talking about uh, Brazil and the rainforest and they wanted to use sanctions. Like it's yeah, like, that's the stupidest thing ever. It's not. It's not necessarily the most effective. It's a. It's a uh, elite, terrible strategy that's like built on like the elite and political establishment. Yeah, the elite and political establishment will work <clears throat> things into the into a way where it's the people that will suffer, not mm -hmm. them. And that's really you know like what people need to think about whenever sanctions are being said. Yeah. Like we d we forget sanctions are a form of warfare. It's just they're, they're it's not like guns and bombs. There's a lot of diplomatic like tools to use that we just kind of forget about as Americans. Well, we don't really know about them because we don't use them. But like, you know, like there are plenty of things that we could do. Like what? Um well, you know, like we could eat, I mean, this is extreme, but we can threaten to take them out of NATO. <laughs> if we threatened to take them out, kick them out of NATO, that would probably make them a little straighter. 
Um, we yeah, could. that probably would be a huge. We because could, that hits the elite. That's not something yeah. that necessarily is going to hit the. We could halt weapon sales. Um, we could. God, that would be great. Yeah. We could. We could. I'm always in favor of not selling guns. I mean, to yeah. I, I, would, I, I mean, like, we shouldn't be sending like weapons to Turkey in the first place. But like, if you want to, like, you know, act tough and like, you know, try and like make a diplomatic don't uh, be solution. a tough guy. Here are some guns. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, hey, I'll give you these guns if you just don't do this. Like, don't do this, and I'll give you these guns. If you these don't nice do ethnic cleansing. If you don't we'll give you. Guns. I can't. Did you guys see that Trump even fucking said that? He was like, "Yeah, they had to do a little cleansing down there. A lot of what? people that they yeah. couldn't have." I swear to God, he's a fucking maniac. Oh my somebody, God. no, like somebody, like went up to him and was like, "Yeah, uh, you know that they're like ethnically cleansing the region. We need to stop this, Trump." And he fucking heard of that, and then he just fucking said it. Like because he just doesn't know what the fuck he's like talking about. Yeah, or anything. No, he has no idea. What just that the synapses means. are just like running. Like he's that's like, just it. Yeah, they're just firing him. off. He has no control. Yeah, you know they had to bathe those people. <laughs> he says lots of words and just does not know what they mean. <laughs> There's so much sand out there. They have to bathe them. Not good. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Um what's uh going on in the region but i mean bright side is that this is kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel moment in the syrian civil war which is like pretty good silver lining if you ask me um it was kind of weird too because like trump at first said that oh we're just taking them out of position to help the kurds we're gonna keep our troops in syria and then trump was like fuck that i'm taking them out which is crazy because you know he said i think you, if you remember um uh i think it was december last year he said that he was gonna do yeah, this yeah and he hasn't done it till now i mean it was it was fucking insane to how like just the media went nuts Dessert, yeah, because it's like how oh you my can't God, stop fucking Donald regime Trump. change wars. You like, can't do that. Yeah, no, the, you know there were like the New York Times is like, how can you? How right. can you think of this? Right. Okay, yeah. Here we go. What sucks is though is that the uh, Syrian Arab Army kind of sucks. Like they're not very good. The Kurds are a much more effective fighting force, but um, the fact that the Kurds are kind of getting back up from. The Syrian army is definitely a good thing because Syrian army actually does have better weapons and stuff like that uh, from, from uh, you know, like Russia and all, all that good stuff. But yeah, like um, it, it, it's definitely true, you know, that, you know, Russia and uh, Iran. Def I mean, here's the thing. The whole idea of Iran having more uh, sway in Syria is kind of stupid just because like. Iran and Syria have kind of had like a military alliance going back like decades. Like that's some that's that's like thick blood between those two uh, countries, and like that's never going away. But in terms of like Russia, yes, I mean, yeah, we are like Russia now has a lot more uh, sway in Syria now, and that is one hundred percent because of um, you know what the United States did in Syria. We didn't start that whole thing. Um, you know, the people of uh, Syria usually hate like the you know Russian and the foreigners and stuff like that and like that's usually like um you know uh contest like a point of contestation like you know of corruption right yeah. oh you guys are bought off by foreigners and stuff like that like if you had that you know happen uh uh more nat or more naturally without a war maybe um you know like putting on my fucking capitalist hat you could have like uh 
I mean, you have I, a capitalist hat. No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just folks. I like, we not, got him. <laughs> I like, I like thinking about this stuff. Like in case you guys like didn't know, but um, <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, like the, the only really solution to this now is just like, uh, making a deal with Assad. If you want to take a him great, out, we're going to make a great deal. If we're going to make a great deal. And if you, if you want to take him out, like, uh, there's this thing called a golden parachute. Give him like a billion dollars and let him live in London. He actually agreed to this in like 2013. He, they like gave that, uh, offer to, uh, to the Americans and we declined. Oh my God. Nice. <laughs> oh my God. They can't even like, no, we can't. We can't win, but also have it be this way. Like, we have to win the way that we want to win also. Yeah, but, like, sure, I could give him a billion dollars, but how do all the weapons manufacturers get rich? That's really, that's really like, the big reason why, like, we have these wars is just to sell, like, a bunch of weapons. That's Mm -hmm. kind of, like, the kind of the uh, weapons systems economics that dick cheney kind of exploded during Mm -hmm. the bush administration and now it's just trying to like maintain a bloated system right right and you know like um if you i mean (laughs) there's this like funny uh joke that uh you know some of like the war people uh like talk about is that like uh if you sell uh assad better weapons then he won't be such a butcher because like if you want to talk about like aleppo so basically like um aleppo was taken over what is aleppo (laughs) so i'm I'm sorry (laughs) so basically aleppo was taken over um by uh um the free syrian army which is a turkish which is a turkish and uh american cia card um the Free Syrian Army, like, these are the same Free Syrian Army people that are attacking and killing the Kurds and, like, killing, like, uh, women's rights um, po- politicians and stuff like okay, that. Okay, dope. Sounds like good people to be funding. Well, these, yeah, but these are the same, like, Free Syrian Army people that, like, you know, the United States media was, like, cheerleading, like, a uh, few years ago. So, yeah, like, when they had control of Aleppo, you want to know why they took control of Aleppo? They took control of Aleppo because Aleppo was a manufacturing competitor of Turkey. And, like, they, like, sunned Turkey, like, all the time. So, they fucking uh, and they took over Aleppo, took all the manufacturing stuff, and sent it back to Turkey. So now, like Aleppo is not a manufacturing hub anymore. So, like, what is like Assad to do? He wants to like uh, take, um, you know, that uh, territory back. Um, he's like, all right, well, please, Free Syrian Army, just let people evacuate. So while the people are evacuating, what does the Free Syrian Army do? It fucking car bomb, killing a bunch of people while they're evacuating. Um, then. You had uh, Syria using uh, barrel bombs, which are like World War One era, like artillery. <laughs> With, like they don't have really like good artillery. Yeah. Because we won't sell them, and Russia won't sell them either, because like they'd get a ton of sanctions and stuff too. Like R- Russia kind of uh, only gives them kind of like uh, guns and tanks and stuff like that. But yeah, that's kind of like the joke that kind of goes around like the uh war <laughs> the war people the war people the war people who like talking about the wars and stuff like that like um you know like you'll um hear like the israelis freak out about um precision missiles is because 
now that like uh hamas and hezbollah have precision missiles they don't have to like send those like uh indiscriminate rockets they can like target military uh things and like the israelis don't want like hezbollah and uh, hamas to be able to uh, attack like be able to be precise in their attacks they want them to be like indiscriminate accidentally hit a- someone accidentally hit someone mm-hmm. because then like they get to scream foul yeah so like yeah like it's kind of perverse but like you actually <laughs> you actually like uh can save lives with better weapons <laughs> i mean that's only because fucking the United States is starting all these wars that's, in the first place. That sounds like some liberal shit. <laughs> well, it's actually some fucking. Uh, you know what stops a bad guy with a gun? It's, some, it's, it's, it's actually some Marxist Leninist shit. <laughs> well, uh, sorry everyone that we got so far into the fucking weeds here. But <laughs> what? Hey Ben, what yeah. stops a bad guy with a gun? I don't know. I don't know. A Mitzi good is, guy with a gun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, uh, we're we're out of time here, so we're going to sign off. Um, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe uh, to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever else you get podcasts. Like I, I think I said last last week, we're going to get on Stitcher eventually. I'll figure it out. Um, if you could uh, rate and review us, that would be pretty fucking dope because that would help us out quite a bit. Uh, make sure that you like us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can uh, follow us on. What the fuck are you giggling about? Look up. <laughs> Look up. That everyone should, uh, you know, read the Wikipedia page for Julian Assad and find out why he's not such a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, you should do that too. How'd that come? Okay. I have, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Is that making fun Assad. of me? Assad. Oh, I mean, dude, I'm. I don't. Uh, everyone I don't... should read the Syria Wikipedia page and then, you know, act like they're good at foreign policy. I'm not saying that that's you. I'm saying that all of our listeners should do that. <laughs> the fuck, dude? Anyway, you can uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at SOTRPod. Uh, you can email us uh, any questions or comments or threats at uh, SOTRPod <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> make sure also, if, uh, if you like our show, then please subscribe to us on uh, Patreon, uh, where you can get access to bonus content. Just this last week, um, we sat down and talked to Dana Nessel, the Attorney General of Michigan. We had a really great conversation with her. And um, I think we're, we're planning on doing, we're putting out more bon- bonus content on a regular basis. Um, I think we're, I think we're going to do like, um, like one bonus episode every two weeks until we can get to, I don't know, like one or 200 a month on Patreon. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but either way, um, I'm Benjamin Klon, Zachary Reinhardt, Matthias Brimmer, and Alex Sahori. Great. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.